The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Alien Slate Show. Aliens have endorsed a candidate for the Democrat Party. We finally have aliens who are supporting a Democrat. And I'm not talking about, you know, Juan and, Ma- and Manuel crossing the border down there in Mexico. I'm not talking about illegal aliens who are jumping the border fence and who are, you know, in the caravans just wanting a new life. You know, it's just just little kids and, and their mothers going down to the border trying to cross for a new world because, you know, crime is so bad in El Salvador and Honduras and Venezuela. And, you know, we, we really just want to go across the border and make it into a new world, even though we're carrying our flags of our native countries down and we're talking about toppling the uh, United States government. But no, it's all just, you know, kids and, you know, and, and those aliens aren't the ones that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about um, illegal aliens taking boats from Cuba, fashioned out of old 1957 Edsels and, uh, you know, chassis of old Volkswagen Beetles. Not talking about those aliens. I'm talking about extraterrestrial aliens. Yes, they're back. And they have crop circles everywhere. I'm assuming that extraterrestrial aliens are backing the Democrat candidates because we had an amazing crop circle show up in Austin. Less than a week. This is from uh, KVUE Television. Less than one week after Beto O'Rourke announced he is running for president, an artist took his skills to the next level. A giant Beto 2020 crop circle will be visible when landing to Austin Airport. On KVUE, the artist is going to explain what it took to get this together. The piece is about a mile and a half north of ABIA Airport in Austin, Its diameter is about two acres, and artists say it will last about two weeks. Now, the artist behind it is Stan Hurd. He's a worldwide known artist who uses organic material as his canvas. Beto O'Rourke portrait made out of the crop circle is made of sand, mulch, clay, rocks, and pecan shells. Now, The artwork portraying Beto O'Rourke's face in Austin cost the artist about $10,000 in flights, hotels, and materials. He says it was a community effort to put this piece of art together. Hurd, Stan Hurd, was in the field for hours a day, says John Czar, who was the project manager and assistant to putting the Beto O'Rourke portrait together. Each square had a perimeter of 20 feet, which was drawn on grid sheet paper. Every single detail had to be put in place based on the grid. Mr. Hurd would outline everything on the ground, and the last step was putting in the details. So some guy decided within a week's time to spend over $10,000 on a couple acres of land 10000 in uh, lodging and flight fees and a couple people, uh, part of a project. You got a project manager, an assistant. They all went out of their way to make this giant Beto O'Rourke crop circle right by the Austin airport. Now, Austin is the most liberal place in Texas. Austin is like, it's like, like a mini Portland, Oregon You know, a lot of grilled cheese selling, a lot of nitrous balloons, a lot of, you know, we're going to go see the Dead Show. We're going to go see the Dead Tribute Band down there. It's over by Austin City Limits where they've got the the Jug Band out there playing the washboard and doing some old Roots-style music, you know, the hipster music. Yeah, that kind of place. Now, does anyone think, where does this guy 
decide to find the time? Where does this guy do decide to dig up the resources? Where does he get the funding for what is basically a campaign ad and a giant PR marketing spectacle? I mean, think about it. The guy went out there. I don't know how he purchased the field. I don't know how he rented the field. I don't know where he got the money for lodging. I don't know where he got the money for materials, for the time, for the labor, to make this stupid crop circle happen. But you know what? He was able to get on television with it. He was able to get viral videos out of it. He was able to make it be seen by every single person flying into Austin, Texas. So I bet if we did a little research on Mr. Hurd, on Mr. Czar, on... You know, I'm sure we could probably dig up a super PAC that decided to donate to this. Wouldn't be surprising if they ended up getting some money from the notable big usual players like Soros and what have you. I'm sure. You know, Soros has money to blow on all types of crap. But this empty suit of a candidate (laughs) has more things coming out about him than you can imagine. But what's amazing is the fact that there's all these other candidates who are also doing silly outlandish crap just trying to stick themselves out in the public eye. But they're not getting crop circles made about them. I mean, I'm sure Elizabeth Warren would love a nice crop circle made with some Indian flint corn, you know, in a a nice cornfield with a Cherokee headdress on. But... (laughs) We, the more we find out about Beto O'Rourke, the crazier this guy seems. Crazier than having somebody spend ten grand on personal expenses on a two-acre-long crop circle about him. In fact, one journalist posted that he proposed to his wife on April Fool's Day. Oh, and by the one time, according to a friend, Beto O'Rourke collected an especially verdant turd from one of his kids diapers and put it in a bowl telling amy it was an avocado Mm, appetizing thank you there beto o'rourke i mean he it's it's amazing what's going on with the leftist field with all the craziness that's going on with these candidates vying for attention with the fact that you know there's people out there like john king posting photos of his wife oogling Beto right next to him. He said, I hope someday that my wife looks at me the way this woman looks at Beto. By the way, this woman looking at Beto is my wife. (laughs) My buddy Peculiar Baptist put, cucks for Beto is not something I saw coming. Nope, I didn't see that coming either. I mean, you know, Beto looks swell in the crop circles. I guess Beto secured the alien vote. And not even the illegal aliens he's allowing through El Paso during his time at city council, extraterrestrial aliens. And we've got people like Andrew Yang, the Yang gang. Andrew Yang is this tech guy who is seen by gamers and 4chan uh, right wingers as some sort of guru. For some crazy reason, he is connected with them, but he is a leftist who wants to run for the Democrat Party and he's gaining some steam. And Andrew Yang has some interesting platforms. In fact, one platform he ran on was uh, he wants to come out against circumcision. He's cutting to the quick, lopping off the big topics. He's slicing to the bone. Go Andrew Wang. I I mean, Andrew Yang. He's got his crew, the Yang Gang. I think they're leftover Taylor Hicks Soul Patrol people. But they need a purpose, and Andrew Yang is giving it to them. And of course, everybody has to co-opt each other's platforms. So I would imagine Elizabeth Warren's probably going to come out for circumcision. (laughs) She's going to be out there going, I am for returning the foreskin to those people who helped build this great nation. I'm going to have me a beer. I'm going to support our foreskin fathers in returning 40 centimeters from a tool. We shall eliminate the erectile college. I think we can expect that from Elizabeth Warren. But just the shilling between all of these different candidates is unbelievable. 
because they're all the same candidate. They're all fighting for the same thing. Beto O'Rourke's out there talking about AR-15s. Oh, well, you know, if you have them, you can keep them, but we shouldn't sell new ones. Kirsten Gillibrand's out there peddling the same kind of crap. Oh, they just want to sell them at Walmart to kids, and they want to sell them to the mentally ill. That's why the gun lobby wants to pass background checks, because they want to be able to circumvent those and sell AR-15s to kids and the mentally ill. You're getting the same message from everyone, and as crazier as they get, the more they jump off the deep end, the more other people are going to pick up the same talking points and try to co-opt them. It's going to be, hey... I'm for killing babies. No, I'm for killing babies. I'm for killing your kids in daycare. No, I'm for killing your kids in kindergarten. I'm for killing your son who is on the Little League team. They're all going to try to outleft each other. And I think the platforms that they are choosing, trying to outleft each other on removal of the Electoral College, on killing babies, on freaking reparations. I don't even know where that came from. We're going to go back and dig up 40 acres and a mule, and uh, we are going to see who is going to be able to give those 40 acres back. Maybe Beta O'Rourke can give, you know, 38 acres and two acres of his crop circle for uh, one lucky individual. And maybe the mule can go out there and graze on the Beta O'Rourke crop circle. One has to wonder, and I'm part of me is kind of hoping, that actual illegal immigrants... Actual illegal aliens made those crop circles, you know, jobs Americans don't want to do. Now, multiple videos are arising of candidates working out in the gym. Kristen Gillibrand working out with dumbbells because, you know, birds of a feather. And she's got her little shirt that has to deal with, uh, it's got the little saying that that lady said, yeah, can I just get through here to get some freaking ranch or something to that effect. You know, she had that video where she was in a restaurant and she was trying to talk about something and somebody said, can I just get some ranch? That should be her campaign campaign slogan. Can you move out of the way of the presidential primary so I can get some ranch dressing? But she's working out and it's really nauseating to watch. In fact, all of this, which is why I'm doing this episode, every bit of this is equal parts hilarity and equal parts nauseating and this is just a snapshot of what the primaries are going to be the closer we get to it you think donald trump running against all of those republicans was a dumpster fire oh you haven't seen dumpster fires yet you ain't seen dumpster fires and so not to be outdone beto O'Rourke, mr irish hispanic he was working out too flailing his arms about With dumbbells as well. Running theme here. Is this the Democrat Party primary season? Or is this an episode of Biggest Loser, Socialist Political Campaign Edition? I mean, maybe Beto's gym is next door to the Takiera, which is uh, across the street from where he parked his van in that no parking zone. His punk rock campaign van where he got fined a $50 ticket. I, I don't know. Why is everybody... Filming themselves working out. Mommy, make it stop! Make it stop! And Kamala Harris is hanging out with Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker. Kid you not. This is going to be the most ridiculous thing ever. I mean, she poses a video with Mark Hamill. I mean, now when are we getting videos of Kamala Harris training out in the Jedi Knight Academy workout program with Yoda and Luke Skywalker. I mean, when is that coming? (laughs) I don't know. But they're all co-opting the same tactics, the same methods, the same platforms. They want to become Instagram influencers. They want to become those, you know, 14-year-old girls who their parents may be in Hollywood. They may have gotten them into college, uh, you know, slipping a couple hundred thousand grand. And they want to be an influencer. That's the whole persona of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. That is the whole reason why Elizabeth Warren got up there talking about a freaking beer. That is why they're doing stupid crap like filming themselves working out. And so now we have Beto talking about his views on late-term abortion. 
question. I just want to sure. make sure that I had clarity. Yesterday on abortion, you said it's a woman's right to choose. Correct? Absolutely. Does that include it up until the third trimester? Listen, I, I think those decisions are, are best left to a woman um, and her doctor. I, I know better than to assume anything uh, about today's decision. You were asked about late-term abortions just before. I'm wondering specifically, if you had won the election last November and if you were in the U.S. Senate, a couple days ago, how would you have voted on that bill? I, I would have listened to the women that I wanted to represent in the state of Texas. Uh, I, I would have listened to doctors and, and medical providers. Uh, I would have looked at the, at the facts and, and understood um, the truth. And, and then I would have voted uh, with those women to make their own decisions about their own bodies. And Beto gets pressed even harder. Because, you know, he's been doubling and tripling down on this, well, you know, it's a women's right. And someone at a town hall presses pretty hard on him. And this is what he has to say about all of that. Thank you for being here. Uh, you gave me a good excuse to get out of school. <laughs> Happy to oblige. I wanted to ask you about a recent bill that just went through the Senate about two weeks ago. And the bill was that if an abortion was performed on a viable fetus and the fetus survived the abortion, the doctor would then be compelled to give that living baby the same care as any other pregnancy baby that came out and put that baby through the care. Would you support this bill that does not in any way limit abortion and simply seeks to keep babies alive that have been born alive? Thank you for the question. The way that I would approach your question and this issue generally is to trust women to make their own decisions about their own bodies. Um, when we talk about universal guarantee, high quality health care for everyone in this country, it's primary health care, it's mental health care, and it's women's health care. And I'll tell you why. In my own state of Texas, we have shut down our state legislature, our governors, more than half the family planning clinics in our state, making it that much harder for women to get a cervical cancer screening, see a family planning provider, or see a provider of any kind. We also, not coincidentally, are at the epicenter of a maternal mortality crisis that disproportionately affects women of color two to three times the rate of white women in that state and across this country. So women's healthcare, reproductive rights, Roe versus Wade, all the way back to 1973, the law of the land. This next election will decide all of those issues because it will also decide the composition of the Supreme Court. I love how the guy asking the question is basically saying, hey, are you going to kill kids when they come out of the womb? And he goes on and on about cervical cancer screenings and, you know, um, goes on. I, I just want women to be able to take care of their own bodies and what ha what happens to the body of the baby if it's a female baby does it get to decide after birth what happens to their bodies obedo i mean and here's to give you a an idea to give you a taste of what it is to be a leftist to be somebody who has that view of abortion and has these special interest groups kind of views, whether they're worshiping nature, like trees and the environment. And here's what some of the pro-abortion voters do while they're musing and doing stationary yoga. I guess it's like the population control stationary yoga workout with Georgia Bernadette Shaw, you know, George Bernard Shaw's niece and her ombudsman sidekick, her Ed McMahon, Kevin Eubanks, Andy Richter, Questlove, who can only say, that's true. Extreme biohazard data from the deeper, denser dimensions. And so it is an extreme biohazard to make justifications for parasitism. That's true. It isn't okay. Friends, we have enough humans on the planet. We don't need any more humans. It is not okay 
for women to have babies and stop contributing to the process under the pretense that they're doing a good thing by staying home and raising children. We don't need children. If you find yourself pregnant, there are options and you can have an abortion. No babies. Cut off the baby factories. We have 7.5 billion with a B humans on the planet. That's too much. The actual ideal amount seems to be under 1 billion. That's under true. 1 billion. We have 7.5 billion. No babies. Women who have babies and stay home to raise them should not be viewed as doing a good thing. That's not a good thing. It's completely not what the situation calls for at all. I'm sorry. Find another way to contribute and be valued. That's not a good way. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Find another way to contribute and be a value. Didn't George Bernard Shaw say something like that? <laughs> it's unbelievable. These people are nuts. But these are the people who want control of their own bodies. And they are the voters of the Betos and the Elizabeth Warrens, who Elizabeth Warren wants to eliminate the Electoral College. And she says, hey, let's put some federal muscle behind this idea. Sure. How about we put some federalism muscle behind it? Like there already is because federalism, the states being able to decide who they want to vote for, that should be the one who dictates it all. So Elizabeth Warren going on and on about removing the Electoral College. Anybody have a question for either one of us? I do. How will you ensure uh, voting rights for all Americans, particularly black Americans who already struggle with uh, voting rights as it stands now? I believe we need a constitutional amendment to guarantee the right to vote to every single citizen and to guarantee that that vote gets counted. We need to put some real federal muscle behind that. I believe we ought to repeal every one of the voter suppression laws that uh, we need to be in America where voting matters for everyone. And part of that is making sure that candidates for the highest federal office come to all of America and make the case for why they should be president of the United States. You know, nobody comes to Alabama in the general presidential election or to Massachusetts because they figure we're not in the game because of the Electoral College. So my view on this is that we ought to get rid of the Electoral College. A vote counts for everyone. Of course, not to be outdone, Beto O'Rourke, yeah, he wants to get rid of the Electoral College, too. Yeah, he's right there with Elizabeth Warren. Getting rid of the Electoral College. Is that an idea with your support? I think there's, there's a lot to that, um, because you had an election in 2016 where the loser got three million more votes than the victor. It puts some states out of play altogether. They don't feel like their votes really count. So if, if we really want every person to vote and give them every reason to vote, we got to make sure their, their votes count and go to the candidate of, of their choosing. So I, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. And it's something we talked about on the campaign trail in Texas in that last Senate race. Yeah, there's a lot of wisdom in that, huh? I bet there was a lot of wisdom in uh, Harry Reid's nuclear option, which basically screwed you guys in Congress. I bet there was a lot of wisdom in Joe Biden's Supreme Court uh, Biden rule, which screwed you guys on the Supreme Court. You know, it is not fun when the rabbit gets the gun. And so when you guys push this electoral college crap that we talked about in that other show and you make it a reality, what happens when you put out somebody that's such a god awful candidate like an Elizabeth Warren, like a Hillary Clinton and or maybe like Beto O'Rourke, who has a lot of skeletons in his closet that we're about to get into here in just a second? What happens when you put out somebody that's so polarizing that you don't win the popular vote, even though you control the popular vote hubs? What happens when it blows up in your face? Are you going to reinstitute the Electoral College, but make the, elector, the electors do like a ranked uh, choice voting system? Probably so. Back in just a second. This is Adrian Slade. 
the Adrian Slade Broadcast. So the entire Democrat Party says there's a lot of wisdom in getting rid of the Electoral College and every other stance that they want to basically co-op from each other. You've got the same candidate running. They're all lifting weights. They're all in the gym. They're all doing stupid town hall debates, making themselves look ridiculous. They all have the same platforms, killing babies out the womb. And they're now talking. Now, not everybody has jumped on the reparations thing, but give it time. Give it time. Elizabeth Warren is talking about reparations. Andrew Yang and the Wang gang out there talking about circumcision. And Beto O'Rourke saying there's a lot of wisdom in being uh, a, a part of eliminating the Electoral College. See, this is me scratching my head. I don't think there's any wisdom in that. I mean, was there any wisdom in joining a computer hacking gang? Is there any wisdom in writing murder mystery stories about driving over children? He wrote a short story about him driving over kids and how it emboldened him and made him feel more powerful. And next thing you know, he was driving around town, driving over top of all types of kids. Yeah, I, I don't understand why. But also he was a part of the hugely influential Cult of the Dead Cow. And this is from Reuters. Because Reuters not only wrote about it, they also kind of romanticized it. Hugely influential cult of the dead cow, jokingly named after an abandoned Texas slaughterhouse, is notorious for releasing tools that allow ordinary people to hack computers running Microsoft Windows. It's also known for inventing the word hacktivism to describe human rights-driven security work. I think stealing is not security work. Members of the group have protected O'Rourke's secrets for decades, reluctant to compromise his political viability. Now, in a series of interviews, Cult of the Dead Cow members have acknowledged O'Rourke as one of their own. In all, more than a dozen members of the group agreed to be named for the first time in a book about the hacking group by this reporter that is scheduled to be published in June of a public affairs. O'Rourke was interviewed early in his run for the Senate, there's no indication that O'Rourke ever engaged in the edgiest sorts of hacking activity, such as breaking into computers or writing code that enabled others to do so. But his membership in the group could explain his approach to politics better than anything on his resume. Ridiculous. His background in hacking circles has repeatedly informed his strategy as he explored and subverted, or subverted established procedures in technology, media, and government. Quote, there's just this profound value in being able to be a part of the system and look into it critically while having fun while you're doing it, O'Rourke said. I think the cult of the dead cow is a great example of that. Seriously. My favorite part is this, where they talk about how um, he worked with this online person, Swamp Rat, Kevin Wheeler, and he had recently moved from a university town in Ohio and was having problems adjusting to life in Texas. Like O'Rourke, Wheeler said he was hunting for video games that had been cracked or stripped of its digital rights protections. Wow, <laughs> there's nothing uh, federally wrong with that. And he wanted to do so so he could play for free with his Apple. Also, like O'Rourke, Wheeler wanted to find other teens who enjoyed the same things and to write and share funny, profane stories that their parents and conservative neighbors wouldn't appreciate. Oh, sticking it to the conservatives. It was good-natured resistance to the repressive humdrum around them, a sort of footloose for those just discovering the new world of computers. Yeah, that's a Reuters article, okay? This guy, apparently he was stealing long-distance phone service, which was a misdemeanor under a certain cap, but we don't know if O'Rourke exceeded that cap into felony crime. You know, while he's parking his... His rock star van in parking lots um, that are no loading zones and getting $50 tickets. He's a rebel. He is a punk rock rebel. Realize this is the reason why they're pushing this guy. This is the reason he's running a punk round underground garage band presidential campaign. Riding around in a minivan, selling seven inch vinyl, selling merch on his website, selling hoodies out the back. Sit, sleeping on dorm room floors, the way he holds the microphone as if he's fronting a post-punk noise core band, 
you know, standing on countertops, even squatting on him as if he's on a small stage at an all-ages punk rock matinee getting ready to stage dive. This is what he does. And he's also a heck of a poet, too. Maybe you didn't know it. Yes, he's a heck of a poet. I like to call him Beto Angelou. You know, I think his poetry could be on Hallmark cards. Can you imagine, just imagine, Mr. Punk Rock Poser going down to the club for the poetry slam night and reciting this insanity? I need butt shine right now. You are holy, oh sacred cow. I thirst for you. Provide milk. Buff my balls. Love the cow. Good fortune to those that do love me. Breathe my feet. The cow has risen. Wax my ass. Scrub my balls. The cow has risen. Provide milk. Oh, milky wonder. Sing for us once more. Live your life. Everlasting joy. Thrust your hooves up my analytic passage. Enjoy my fruits. Provider of cheese and other wonderful dairy products, we will cleanse your inner intestines. We will bathe you in your pungent odor. Gather cotton. Count my eyes, smell my skin. Love the scarecrow and the milkman. I live only for eternity. Thirst for the undrinkable. Hold the heat. Praise the doughboy at the pizza shop. Love the oxen dung. Beto Angelou, he is going to run into a little bit of resistance because apparently he actually had a lot of political donations from pro-Republican business establishment uh, players back when he was in El Paso. This is from the Chicago Tribune. Before Beto O'Rourke became the darling of the liberal online donors, his top financial backers hailed from a different set entirely. Wealthy businessmen who have sought political influence by collectively donating millions of dollars to Republicans. Several of El Paso's richest business moguls donated to and raised money for O'Rourke's city council campaigns, drawn to his support for a plan to redevelop El Paso's poor neighborhoods. Now, remember, not only was he talking about doing poor neighborhood uh, reinvestment with GOP donors and, and GOP affiliated donors he also wanted to take low-income housing and using eminent domain take it over and allow his father-in-law to make a crap ton of money for the family off of a town center that was going to be built there and so we know that there's a story past with mr o'rourke go back and listen to the special we did last week on beto the uh media's fluffy lap lab dog now his stance on government is also something that falls in line with uh, the GOP. Apparently, there's stories coming out about how in the past, he was actually for small government. Beto O'Rourke in 2012 said the U.S. had an extravagant government that needed significant spending cuts. That's from Jake Tapper. So realize that O'Rourke may be faking the funk as much as he faked being a Hispanic during the fight against Ted Cruz for the Senate. Who even knows if he's a Republican? I mean, he's obviously uh, a revolutionary back when he was hacking computers and, and stealing long-distance phone service. But um, he's also getting pushback as being looked at as an empty suit by his own party, by his own people in his party. Listen to this. Basically, use it to sort of overinflate a campaigner's um, 
you know, their first day totals. For example, just 1,000 people giving paying 5, 000, the maximum $5,600, that's $5.6 million right off the bat. Your campaign has not released the number of individual donors you have, nor has it released the um, average donation. Now, I'm not accusing you of that, but the fact that your campaign is currently working with notorious mega bundler Lewis Sussman gives me a bit of a clue. In addition, um, uh, when we look on your website, we don't really see anything in terms of a solid platform for policies. It's mostly just platitudes in a merch store. So I guess two-prong question. One, are you going to... So two-pronged question, I guess. One, are you going to release the number of individual donors and their average donor donation? Because I know your campaign has that data. If it didn't, it would mean you'd be running a very incompetent campaign. And I don't think you are. You seem like you have your stuff together mostly. And two, what are we going to get an actual policy from you instead of just like platitudes and nice stories? I think what's really interesting about this, it's something that the left has not even factored in, is the fact that there is this new enlightened, for lack of a better term, self-enlightened. They think they're enlightened, but they're not really enlightened. They're enlightened about things that are not really of as big of a concern as actual historical facts and record and background and things like that. They're worried about following money so much so that they take it over the top. And now they these enlightened constituents, these millennials who, you know, oh, so-and-so gave to this company, which means that company's evil. You know, they've been doing this the whole time with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez complaining about how the Dakota pipeline was financed by Wells Fargo. So Wells Fargo should be the one to clean it up. They're doing this now by applying this to donations. Are you going to really be using a pack? Are you really going to have campaign funds from all these different big donors and corporations? And they're applying that template to things like Beto O'Rourke. And they're trying to figure out how did this guy raise all of this money, six point some million dollars in like half a day. And so rightfully so, I would question it too. But they're all running on leftist platforms that are so far from the center, you can't even see the center from where they're at. Listen to Kirsten Gillibrand, who was working out earlier this week with helium dumbbells. I think they were filled with uh, sand, maybe. But she decided she wants to, eh, you know, let's just take the tax money that everybody pays in and the illegal immigrants will put you on Social Security and welfare and Illegal immigrants, you know, you'll get funded all these perks that you don't even pay into. Trump, so what will I do? I have a lot of ideas. First, we need comprehensive immigration reform. If you are in this yeah. country now, Woo! you must have the right to pay, to pay into Social Security, to pay your taxes, to pay into the local school system, and to have a pathway to citizenship. That must happen. See, their entire field whether it's the Castro brothers, Julian and Joaquin Castro, the I guess one of them used to be Postmaster General, and you know they do their little parent trap switcheroo. Cory Booker, who's basically uh, Keenan Michael Key's coach character from Key and Peele and also from Mad TV mixed with Matt Foley, living in a van down by the river. Uh, you've got Spartacus, you know. You've got all of these different candidates. Klobuchar, who's throwing binders at her staff and making them eat salads with a comb and cleaning it. Uh, whatever the case may be, they've all lost their freaking minds. Kamala Harris just came out and said that she was against the Electoral College as well. Along with Eric Holder, who's not running, thank God. Yeah, he said it's, it's going to be great for our democracy. Um, we don't have a democracy yet again. We have a constitutional republic. I don't know how many times we got to make that distinction, but former, uh, well, I don't know if he's former, uh, Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper, you know, the one that plays the 76 Hickenlooper? Yeah, he had a funny little story that he liked to tell at his recent uh, presidential town hall with Dana Bash. Um, you went to see an X-rated movie oh. <laughs> with your mother. Oh. You have the floor, sir. <laughs> Thank you so much for that question. Anytime. Um, I thought it was better to write a book to let people really see who you were and, and the dumb things you did as well as the smart things. And, and where is that on the... 
that's spectrum. To, on the dumb side. Okay. <laughs> I, I was the youngest of four, and as I said, my dad died uh, right after I turned eight. And my mother and I had a pretty tempestuous relationship. She was just the most amazing person. And, and I went off to college, and, and for the first time, she was alone in the house. And I didn't realize how powerful that was until I got home at Thanksgiving. I promised, I called a friend in Philadelphia. And these were, ex I didn't know what the next movie was. We thought it was a little naughty, but we didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> I, I, again, you got to understand, I was 18 years old. And so I came home, and my mother hated to cook. I mean, she, she was just a strong powerful woman who got stuff done in her own right and I got home and she had this huge dinner laid out and I said oh, I promised you know I promised Jed that we'd go to the the movie theater and see this this new movie uh, you want to come and I it's an ex movie I don't know I, you know I just and she I was sure that she wouldn't say no I made a mistake and she said I'd love to go, because she didn't want to be left alone in the house again. It was a pretty famous movie, too. So I took my mother to see Deep Throat. And, <laughs> and, and, and to her credit, the first scene is... I didn't ask the question. But, but I will tell you, I will tell you that my mother, my mother was... Uh, I'm, I'm sure she was mortified, and, and I said repeatedly, I think we should leave, I think we should go. And my mother was the kind of person that rarely went to a movie. She thought almost every movie would get on TV. Uh, obviously not this one. Uh, but she was, she really, once she paid, she was going to stay. And, and at the end, she knew that I was humiliated. Ah, uh, yeah, that's pretty disgusting. If you and your mother are going to a screening of Deep Throat, and you make it to those extra scenes after the credits for the upcoming sequel, Deep Throat Endgame? Yeah, you might be a Democrat. John Gilmore Hickenlooper, who's basically going to be this uh, election's John Gilmore, he might as well have went to see Debbie, da Debbie Does Dallas with his mom, who he still can't look directly in the eye after watching that. Yeah, go Hickenlooper 2020! I mean, come on. And then he tries to even make the story sound even more plausible by saying, well, you know, my mom usually waits till movies are leaving the movie theater and end up on TV. Tell me what movie was doing that in the 70s. I mean, I'm not trying to analyze the BS he's feeding and some story that he probably piped out at the last second trying to make himself look cool and hip. It's like that guy from Kids in the Call. He's hip. He's cool. He's 45. Yeah, Hickenlooper, who's kicking back playing his guitar on his Instagram, um, he is trying to say that his mom, you know, eh, she would like to go see the movies, but she would just wait for them to show up on TV. This is the 70s we're talking about. This is, I don't even think that was happening until the mid to late 80s, maybe early 90s, to where that was a regular staple on, on TV to see movies that were once in the movie theater showing up on TV. What a field of candidates! And they're all vying for these, this youth vote who is out of touch with themselves. Apparently, they've just grown up in strife, so please give us socialism. That's why they back people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is in a world of turmoil in her own political life because she, because she ran Amazon out of New York, her approval numbers are through the floor. They, she's not well-liked by either her party or New York Democrats. And now, from Fox News, she has just been removed, her and her chief of staff, from the left-wing group that put her into office. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez reportedly has been delisted from the board of left-wing activist group Justice Democrats. Following legal and ethical questions about her affiliation with the group, Daily Caller reported that Ocasio-Cortez, along with chief of staff and former campaign chair, Cycat. Chabrati, I never can get his last name right, have been removed from the Board of Political Action Committee after previously holding legal control over the entity in late 2017. But you know what? That doesn't stop her from getting media taint fluffery. She gets a Time Magazine expose. No kidding. Just like Beto O'Rourke got the Vanity Fair, they are going to taint, they're going to media fluff taints like you have never seen before. And what I mean is they're going to give the biggest puff pieces bigger than you've ever seen on a more grand scale. And one of them is with Time Magazine, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the face of Time Magazine. And the author 
of the article. She is Charlotte Alter. She's a national correspondent for Time. She said, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and I were born the same year. She was a Dunkaroos kid, and I liked fruit roll-ups. People our age have never experienced American prosperity in our adult lives, which is like why so many millennials are embracing democratic socialism. Like, oh my God, OMG, we were like so poor, we had to eat fruit roll-ups. It was literally fruit that you rolled up. Like, who can afford to buy $5 coffee? A cup? Who can afford it? We were so poor, we couldn't even afford to pay attention. Um, Charlotte, the correct answer was ramen. Ramen was the correct answer if you wanted food for the poor. But I mean, at least you had a name brand. We had fruit fold-ups, you asshole. (laughs) So we need socialism or something like that. Now, here's the interesting thing about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the millennials who are wanting democratic socialism. And basically, all of the people, all 400 of these candidates that we talked about for the last uh, full show have been vying for, they can't even define democratic socialism. Not even Marks Bay, Sandy from the block, the queen herself, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she can't even give a good answer. Listen to this video. It's about four minutes long. It's a little long, but it's very instructive of a group who is Kind of, kind of looks like they're a progressive group, but they're not. Going to a rally and interviewing all of these people, asking them what democratic socialism is, including Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and just take in the effervescence of stupidity of these responses. So I'm here at the rally where the infamous Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez is endorsing one of my local candidates, Kaniela Ng, for Congress. And I just wanted to poke around and see what people are really here for. I mean, what's democratic socialism anyway? What brings you out here to support Kaniello and Alexandria? Well, uh, I'm a member of the Democratic Socialists of Honolulu. Of the ideas that they stand for are really similar to um, sort of Bernie Sanders' philosophy. I was a very um, huge supporter of Bernie Sanders. <laughs> kind of stoned. Well, I used to work on Bernie Sanders' campaign. He cares about the environment, the fires in California and everything. It's pretty crazy. Like, if Bernie were in office, like, it would stop, right? The environment wouldn't be acting out the way that it is. So their platform kind of stands on this, it's called democratic socialism, right? Um, What's your take on democratic socialism? Um, I think... I'm not too sure. We as people control the means of production. Socialism at its heart has always been democratic. Like socialism at its heart, it's always been about power to the people. And in, really, it's just about injecting democracy. Because of people's perception and understanding of socialism and its association with uh, regimes like the Soviet Union uh, or China, um, it's become necessary for us here in America to make the distinction between socialism and democratic socialism. Um, so could you, I'm kind of confused, could you um, kind of explain what's the difference between socialist and democratic socialist? So, so uh, short answer, um, uh, um, what would you say the difference is between socialism and democratic socialism? I'm not, I'm not totally sure. I guess, I suppose socialism to me is a bit more abstract, a little bit further down the road. Right now, democratic socialism is the thing that uh, seems to be most able to cut through the noise. Honestly, I'm not sure. I just learned this, this new democratic socialism, so... Um, to me, democratic socialism basically means, yeah, helping people, just like, you know, like... Everybody coming together and helping each other. Democratic socialism is uh, socialism in like a democratic system, but uh, <laughs> I'm sorry for stumbling. Um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, democratic socialism, that's, um, it's mainly like, um, you know, this is so bad because I'm a poli-sci major and I can't, I, um. Socialism and democratic socialism. I don't, I don't know. Everyone's kind of confused on what's the difference between uh, socialism and democratic socialism. Uh, Do you have kind of an explanation? 
Um, I, I'm not really certain. Okay, so I went to all of the people here to ask what democratic socialism meant. I was still confused, so I'm going to go ask Alexandria right now herself to kind of give me the definition for it. What's the difference between democratic socialism and socialism? Well, I think um, there's a couple of differences. One is that, of course, that, that first word democratic is extremely important, and it is the fundamental um, differentiating factor. One is about, it's really about having an economy where people uh, have a full voting representation in, in how we make decisions to uh, ensure that we have um, things like health care, housing, and education for all. Oh, okay. So socialism in America will still be socialism, but democratic. An economy where we can forcefully steal from others and redistribute the wealth in the name of universal health care, housing, and education. But it's okay, because it's democratic? In the wise words of Ben Shapiro, if you add sandwich to the word turd, it's still a turd sandwich. Much like socialism to democratic socialism. Confused? So am I. Leaving this rally, I'm still very confused. I was very hopeful that I was finally going to get to the bottom of what the differences are between democratic socialism and actual socialism, and it seems like no one could give me an answer, especially the woman who is representing the Democratic Socialists of America. I don't know. I give up. Wow, nobody can define democratic socialism, not even its torchbearers. God help us. Pray for us. And this is the same individual, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who gets this glowing review in Time Magazine by Charlotte Alter complaining about fruit roll-ups and Dunkaroos and how they don't have any money because they had to buy store brand names and they had to grow up on incomes whose, you know, Charlotte Alter's father was, <laughs> went to Harvard. I mean, these people had good lives and they're bitching about how everything should have been corrected for them financially for their parents because, you know, Life is hard and such, and socialism would have made their parents richer than they already are, and they would have been better off than they already are. Student loans wouldn't be an issue, whatever. This entitlement is the problem with the entire generation. This is envy, and envy is one of the deadly sins, whether you believe the Bible or not. I'm Adrian Slade. I appreciate you tuning into the show. You can listen to the show on Mojo Five O. It is the edgiest and newest conservative libertarian talk network every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also on Saturday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, midnight, Sunday morning, Eastern Standard Time, and on Sunday at 5 p.m. Check out the podcast. You can check it out on Mojo Five-O's Spreaker page, Spreaker.com, or you can check it out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeart Podcast, TuneIn, Podbean, Overcast, anywhere podcasts are hosted, you can get the uh, free Adrian Slade Show podcast. Be sure to rate it. Give it a five-star rating if you can. That helps bring it up in the ranks. You can also check out the blog, adriansladeshow.com. Also, follow me on Twitter, at Adrian Slade Show or at Rants Out Loud. You can also find me on other social media platforms, Facebook, Gab, MeWe, the official Mojo 5 social media site, Parler, also on Snippy, and Convo. Search Adrian Slade. You could also donate to the show, patreon.com slash Adrian Slade Show, or go to anchor.fm and donate. We'll see you guys next time.